Hi, so let me introduce myself. I'm Robert Bradford. I'm a teaching pastor here at The Grove. For those of you who are new, that's who I am. And uh, we are we are doing a series, and I just want to welcome all of you here. I want to welcome uh, those of you who are listening on the podcast. Um, thanks for listening. Feel free to send me an email. I'm at I'm Robert at thegrovesantafe.com. Send me a note. Let me know what's going on in your life. I can pray for you. You guys, too, send me an email if you need prayer, stuff like that. I'd be happy to pray for you. We are excited about this particular series. Um, we, we see guardrails everywhere. Um, when we were doing Bike for the Light and riding 500 miles, you see them because it's, you, you know, you're right there on the side of the road and it's longer, you know, and then you can kind of see what's on the other side of them. A few, few areas where we were, you know, I was grateful the guardrail was there and I was on a bicycle because it was a cliff. You know, and now we see them everywhere, but maybe, maybe you're not aware of the official definition for a guardrail. So let me share that with you. A guardrail is a system. Okay, that's a key word. It's a system, right? It's not just a thing. It's a system designed to keep vehicles from straying. You can see where this might be headed. Straying into dangerous or off-limit areas. That's the actual definition of a guardrail, and, and Eric talked a lot about that last week. It was fantastic. The other thing he mentioned is that guardrail, when a guardrail is put in place, it is, a guardrail exists, they exist in a safe zone, right? They're usually two, three feet, maybe two, three yards into the safe area where the guardrail is um, because what's on the other side of that is what it's trying to keep you from straying into, um, so the question we've been asking ourselves is this, what would it look like, what would it look like if we put guardrails in our lives? Because what a guardrail actually does is it, it creates a small accident, right? It might crunch up your car a little, might even bang you up some, um, while preventing you from careening off a cliff, Right. So it creates a small accident, preventing you from something far worse. So if that's what they do, what 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 would our lives look like if we put a guard, if we put guardrails in our lives, if we put guardrails around our marriage, around our finances, around our dating, around our academics, our grades, you know, all that stuff. What would it look like? And our goal, our goal this series is to is to encourage you guys to put guardrails in your life. So we came up last week. We came up with a better definition for us, and this definition is basically a guardrail would then be a personal standard of behavior, a personal standard of behavior. So we talked. It's not. This isn't my rules for everybody else. This is my rule for me. A personal standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience. And what that means is that when I bump into my guardrail, my conscience lights up. I said, oh, you know, not not when I've done the thing, but when I'm in the safe zone and I can see that I'm headed for that. It would light up my conscience. Because if we think, I mean, just think for a moment your greatest regret. If you had had a guardrail in your life, would that guardrail have prevented your greatest regret? It would have mine, right? And keep in mind that culture, we talked about this last week, culture will not help you, 
right? Culture will not help you. Culture, what culture does is it baits us to the edge of disaster. And then when we cross over, it chastises us. And we see this all the time, right? Visa, it's everywhere you want to be, right? Unless, of course, it causes you to be bankrupt. Then you're an idiot, right? It's everywhere. It was everywhere I wanted to be. I'm bankrupt now. I'm here. Isn't this where I... Okay, yeah, it doesn't... I mean, culture... I mean, oh, the stories are endless. You can all think of stories, right? I mean, we, we see it with teens. You know, when you're ready, go ahead. Oh, you got pregnant. Ooh. You know, culture will come back and chastise, right? Culture will not help us with this, right? So we, we need to resist the bait that culture is putting in, in front of us because that's, that's what they do. That's how we, you know, we, they call it marketing, actually. But, right, am I wrong? <laughs> right? So the, we need to resist that bait because what, what, what we want, what we do, you know, especially in the Christian, I'll put it in Christian terms, right? You've heard it said this way. Um, is it a sin if I fill in the blank? You know, as a pastor, the question I get is, is, is that, you know, hey, Rob, you know, uh, I was just wondering what you think. What does the Bible say about this? Is it a sin to do that? They, that's, the, that's the wrong question. The question we really, the question we need to be asking is, where can I put the guardrail in my life where it will it will trigger my conscience so that I am not careening my life off a cliff, right? Because everyone agrees and across the earth, right? I mean, you can go to the tribes in Africa if you want. Everyone agrees there's a line where you've gone too far. There's a line where we you cross that line and everybody will say you have gone too far. So Eric talked last week about that being a yellow line that they paint on the ground. And the problem with the yellow lines is they're super easy to cross. So if we will put a guardrail in our lives that triggers a personal standard behavior, that triggers our conscience, it can help us, prevent us from careening our life off a cliff. Right? So that's all summary from part one from last week. Today, we get to talk about friendships. Isn't that exciting? (laughs) Everybody's like, oh no. It's true. We're going to talk about friendships. So, part two is, why can't we be friends? Everyone's saying, why can't we be friends? Why can't, yeah, yeah, you can be friends because, you know, you can't. (laughs) No. Uh, We want to talk about friendship today because at some point, you have experience, I'm sure you have, you're in this place right now, you will be in this place, maybe if you're young you'll be in this place, all of us have been here, where we are headed in one direction and the people that we are hanging out with or be, are friends with are headed in the opposite direction. And it, it's, a, it's a problem of proximity, basically. And we're headed in opposite directions. You, you've probably seen this street sign, looks like this. And what the street sign is indicating is that there are some guardrails that are up on this road. And we need some guardrails in our friendships because if, when we're in close proximity with people who are headed in the opposite direction, there's the probability of you getting taken out is much higher, right? 
In some cases, we change directions. Right? So we need some, we need some guardrails. I'm sure that all of us could have some stories of incidents and situations, right? Maybe that first cigarette you smoked, you weren't alone, right? There, I mean, there were people with you. A lot of our regrets, we don't have regrets with our enemies, right? We have, we have, we have regrets with our friends. And when, when people are headed in the opposite direction, um, that's, that's that tension. Right. And this tension started for us when we were little kids. Right. Everybody had parents who were freaking out. Right. And you're, we're, we're like, what? But your parents are so concerned about who you're hanging out with. Um, my parents, they, there was one kid that they they didn't want me to hang out with him. I'm like, why? His parents are never home. We can do whatever we want. You know, what's the problem? Right. Your your parents. Right. You, you were freaked. They freaked out. And now some of you now your parents. Right. Now, you know what they're freaking out, uh, what you're freaking out about, because you, you've got the same situation. Only now it's nice because you have this full on electronic security system. You know, I. I can Facebook, I can face stock, that's what we call it, face stalking, I can check Twitter, I can check email, I can look at the phone records. I mean, we, we have this big, big, big concern about our kids because as parents, as humans, everybody and our parents knew, etc., there, there's a good and there's a bad in relation, in friendships. There's a good and a bad in friendship. And basically it's this. This is so important. When you're with your friends, you drop your guard, right? We drop our guard, right? The reason for that is because we're acceptance magnets. We are, we are attracted to acceptance and we are repelled by rejection. And when people are accepting, this is the key thing. This is a key principle, okay? It's a principle. Acceptance leads to influence, Acceptance leads to influence. So what your parents knew, what God knows about you, what you know about your kids, is that when, you, when, you, when, when you're in a position of acceptance, then you're, you're open, you're the most open to influence. Right? And we know, this is why Eric said last week, our friendships, our friends determine the direction and quality of our lives. Right? All of us experience this, right? Maybe you've moved here, right? Things back home, when you're in the small town where you grew up, right? Things that you're doing now, that you're considering now, right? Back then, you knew that was wrong. You knew that was a sin, something that you shouldn't participate. But now you're here and there's these people, they're all accepting you and you're trying to fit in and, and you're walking down that run. You're open to that influence. And if you think back to where you are today compared to where you were, things you're doing now, you used to consider sin, right? It's, it's a key principle and that's a, that can be a good thing. If you're both heading in the same direction spiritually, if you're both headed in the same direction with your marriage, with your finances, those, those, that influence, mentorships, whatever you want to call, all that stuff is fantastic. It's what God designed friendships for, right? He's a good, good father. And he designed this this way. 
The problem is when we get in close proximity and we're feeding off of the acceptance with people who are headed in the opposite direction. I, I have goals and vision for my life. You have goals and visions and things that you want to accomplish. You, you have a picture of where, where you want to be, what you want your life to be like. And if you're in close proximity with someone who's headed in the complete opposite direction, but you're feeding off of the influence of the, the acceptance, you're the most open to the influence than you could possibly be. You need some guardrails in your life, right? And, and this is, this is what's fascinating is that there is no better place than in the Bible to find this principle stated. And it's stated by one of the wisest men that ever lived, Solomon, King Solomon. He was one of the kings of Israel. This was written, my estimation off the top of my head, 3,000 plus years ago. Okay? So thousands of years ago, this principle which was put into play, and that's because humans haven't changed. We have not changed in that sense. So Solomon wrote this principle 3,000 years ago, and it clearly states for us the need, the need we have to put guardrails in our friendships. And it's found in this verse, Proverbs 13.20. Walk with the wise and become wise. That's a promise. Walk with the wise and become wise. That's a promise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. That's a warning. The companion of fools suffers harm. That's a warning. Right? So walk with the wise. So wisdom, and I'll explain what wise is in a second, but wisdom is, is contagious. Wisdom is something that when you see it, you're like, wow, that was good. Did you see that? You know, and, and, and you're, it works in you. And when you're walking with wise people, you become wise because wisdom is contagious, right? The reason, the definition for wisdom then is, is wisdom is a person who understands that life is connected, okay? What I did yesterday will affect me today. The decisions I make today will affect me tomorrow. What I did a year ago, two years, five years ago, will affect me where I'm at right now. What I do now will affect me next year. What I do in my marriage a year ago, how I talked to my wife yesterday, it's affecting me today, right? <laughs> And how I talk to her today, it'll affect me tomorrow, next year. With people who are wise, understand that life is connected. It's connected. Life is connected. It's so important. Because a lot of folks in our culture, they're on the other side of that. Okay? So... Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. So this is a warning. Now let me tell you what the warning is not. The warning is not if you're a companion of fools, you'll become like a fool. Right? Because many of us have defended relationships that we know we shouldn't have in our lives by saying, I will never participate in what they're doing. I will never do what they're doing. I'm fine. I've not, I mean, I've not been hurt. I'm not going to be like them. 
he's an idiot, but he's entertaining, right? You know, that kind of thing. I, the, and, and, and what Solomon is saying is, is not that you will become a fool. What he's saying is that when the bomb goes off in the fool's life and you have that proximity, it is going to impact you. Another way of saying that is, it's not that you do what they do, it's that you're there when they do it. And we all know people, we've read stuff in the paper, we hear this in the context of, and some of us even said, well, I'll just be the designated driver, right? But you end up in jail because Joe in the back seat decided he should bring something other than a cold beer on his road trip, right? And now you're all in jail, right? When the, when the bomb goes off, when the disaster occurs in, in their lives, Solomon is saying, if you think it's not going to affect you, you're dead wrong. You're dead wrong, right? The companion of fools suffers Harm, And this is why the Bible says, um, I'm sorry, the Bible talks about what a fool is. Let's look at that. A fool is, a fool is someone who knows the difference between, between right and wrong, but doesn't care. I know the difference between right and wrong, but I don't care. So the, the, I mean, the, the concept, this is why the Bible says you, you can't even correct a fool because they just laugh. You, you know that that's not a good idea. Yeah, I know. You, you know that this could, you know, you're headed, you know, over there, right? Yeah, I know. You know, I, I don't care. It'll work out. Whatever. I don't, I don't, as a fool, I don't have the concept that the decisions I made a year ago are affecting me today. What I decide today is going to affect my future. You know, for some of us, this is like when you wake up at 25 years old and you go, man, my life's a wreck. I thought I'd be somewhere else by now. Well, you didn't care where you were. You, you didn't care what you decided to do or not do. I mean, you were having fun, right? That's what the Bible defines as a fool. And that's why it becomes so dangerous because they're living life um, disconnected. They don't see the connections. So I came up with this myself. Okay. This is the fool proximity principle. Okay. The name is mine. All right. The fool proximity pr- pr- principle is simply this. If you have friends who don't care about their lives, they are not going to care about yours. If you have friends in your life who don't care about their marriage, they are not going to care about yours. If you have friends who don't care about their finances, they're not going to care about yours. It's just a fact. They don't care. They don't care. And whether you participate or not, this is so important, whether you participate or not, if you're there when they do it, you will suffer harm, right? And some of we, some of us, some of you, some of you know me in my life. I can tell you when it was. Even I, I thought I'm a, I was the exception to the rule. And if you're here, you think you're the exception to the rule. You're you're wrong. You're lying to yourself. 
I just want you to know, because I care about you, you're, you're lying to yourself. Okay, because your situation is not unique. You're unique, but your situation isn't. Solomon wrote this 3,000 years ago, and I, I could get a line of people up the side there to come down here and tell stories about how they were with somebody and they shouldn't have been. They shouldn't have been. And the reason is because they cared, but the person they were with didn't. They didn't care. Right? So, I want to suggest, okay, keep in mind, this is not from the Bible. Okay, I didn't peel these out of any scriptures. These are, these, if you say, well, that's just your opinion, you're right. This is my opinion. I want to suggest to you five guardrails that you can put in your friendships that if if you let them light up your conscience while you're still in the safe zone, it will keep you from suffering harm. It will keep you from, in some cases, a life-altering event that becomes your new normal. Right? You don't want that. No one regrets a guardrail. No one. No one. So the first, first suggestion, this is my opinion, you won't go to hell if you break these. You just, you might careen off a cliff, okay? So, hell might be down there, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Eric shouldn't leave me, should he? He shouldn't, you know, he's going to regret that. All right, so suggestion one, your conscience should light up when? Okay, it should light up when it dawns on you that your core group isn't moving in the direction you want your life to be moving. It should, your conscience should lie. When you look around at your core group, I'm not talking about, you know, reaching out to people at the plaza. I'm talking about the people you hang with, your homies, your core group, you know, your primos, whatever. I mean, you're that whole group, okay? If your core group is not moving in the direction that you want your life to be moving in, that should concern you. Right? They don't, they don't share your values. They don't share your, mar- your marriage goals. They don't sh- share your, your health goals. You know, kids, finances, you name it. Hey, Visa, man, I got it. Swipe, 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 all that. If, if that is the core, and I, I promise you, it doesn't matter whether you're participating or not. I'm not going to be like them. We're just hanging out because these guys are cool. And they, what? They accept me. They accept me. And that acceptance is is a death bomb, really. I mean, I, whatever. I mean, there are some other... I'll accept you, and we can go down the right road together. I mean, if you're in this place, you need to change your core group. You need to put some guardrails. You need to put some proximity in. It should concern you. Here's the best way to say it. It should concern you to the point that you're willing to do something about it. Because the companion of fools suffers harm. And you will. Second guardrail. Your conscience should light up if you catch yourself pretending to be someone other than who you really are. 
We've all done this, right? Junior high was probably the height, right? Junior high and high school, right? Trying to fit in, right? So, but as adults, we have the work scene, all of that. We're trying to fit. You know, I remember I got a new boss and he's talking about some stuff and I'm like, I don't agree with that at all. In fact, that's pretty much ungodly and, you know, but I'm just like, keep my mouth shut and, you know, don't you think so, Robert? Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're doing that, you're you're vying for acceptance and you're trying to fit in and basically you're betraying who you are and you are moving away from who you are and you're heading now, you're beginning to make that turn to head in the same direction. Okay? If you're ignoring your worldview, your values, all of those things, if you're agreeing to things but inside you're going, wow, I can't believe, what am I thinking? Well, I just need to do this this time because, you know, once I get them on my side and, you know, there's that thing, then I can kind of be more on my side. That doesn't, no, no, no. The companion of fools suffers harm and you have a fool proximity problem, right? You have a problem and you need to put up some guardrails. I'm not saying you should shut the guy out. You know, this guy was my boss, right? I just had to set some guardrails that said, there's a little more proximity, um, a little more distance now between you and I. I'm going to be a little clearer, and I'm going to continue with my goals and values, right? Because I have a good, good father who's heading me down the right road and a road that I want to be on. I want a successful life. I don't want to cream. The road is good. The, the shoulder and over there, that's not for me. It's not for me. I don't want to live the consequences of those actions. Guardrail three. Your, sh- your conscience should light up if you feel pressure to compromise. Let, let me say this a, a little bit differently, okay? When something that you have always felt should, you should never do is now becoming in your mind a live option. Your conscience should light up. So I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about when you do the act, right? That's a yellow line under, and you're, you're already, you're too far. You've gone too far. I'm talking about when I'm considering it. That's the guardrail. That's like, whoa. That should scare you to death. You're moving away from where you, you want your life to be, where God has encouraged you to be, where God wants you to be. Right? You're moving away from that. Right? It should scare you to death. For God, isn't that great? Aren't you glad you came to church today? Like, scare you to death. Right? Four. Guardrail four. Your conscience should light up when you hear yourself saying, I, I just... Oh, I'll go, but I won't participate. I'll go, but I won't participate. Okay. How, there's laughing, right? Because y'all know that doesn't work, right? How many times have we failed that one? Good grief. Because what Solomon has said is it doesn't matter if you go, or if you don't participate. It's not that you do what they're doing. It's that you're there when they do it. Right, right. Your conscience should light up because when they get busted, you're there. When when the deal, the financial deal that you've been working, have, is blown, 
you're there, you're impacted, the companion of fools suffers harm. So if you hear this, if you hear your, because we never say this out loud, right? You never say this out loud. It's in your head. And if you hear it in your head, God's trying to light your guardrail, your conscience. And that's what that needs to do. Boom. Um, no, actually, I'm not going. I got other stuff. Sorry. Number five. And this is probably the hardest one. Okay. You hope the people you care about most, and I would add the people that care the most about you, don't find out where you've been or who you've been with. Right? Okay. And hear me. This is important. It's not because you're doing what they're doing, but just the fact that you were there. Just the fact that you were there. Like the whole time you're there, right? It's right it's right about here in your chest, right? That tension, you're like, ah, oh, and that now in your mind you're starting to build that defense. Oh, so what what am I what am I gonna say? What am I gonna say? Uh you, you're running that. Your conscience should light up. Culture says it doesn't matter where it doesn't matter who you're with, what you're doing, where you go, it doesn't matter. You know, wisdom says that's a red flag. That's a guardrail. It should light your conscience. And truth, you should not be there. And you should not be with that person. Because the people who care about you the most, they, they know. And you know that, that, you know, it's that thing. They know that that person is bad for you, right? It's that thing when you're, you're starting to date that guy or you're starting to date that girl and all your friends were saying, not her, not her, not her, or not him, not him, not him. And you just, you just put a check mark by him and you went down that road, right? It's that, right? If you're there with that person and, the, and you're already building a defense in your head, that should, that should trigger the guardrail for you. And so that you can, you can take don't do it again, right? You can make that change. You can put the distance. You can implement what that guardrail is all about, right? So other than the fact that it's really quiet in here, um, it's there, <laughs> there are many, right? Miguel, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, bro. So we, we have all experienced this. That's the thing is I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Right? But, I, but I'm challenging you because the companion of fools suffers harm. And maybe you're here today and you're in that place of like, um, you've been asking God to put you, if I could go back to this point maybe a year ago, if I could, if I could have gone back a year ago, I would, I, whatever I thought was hard at that moment, I would have done it. Rather than be where I'm at, because now you've got now you're trying to cover your reputation, you're lying to people, you're doing you know your husband, your wife, whatever. I mean, you're trying to cover, and and, and you're in that spot where uh, you're suffering harm at the hand of a fool, right? And it and it, what I'm challenging you today, and this is the verse that that Eric talked about last week, and this is really the challenge. Is, is in Ephesians 5, he, he gave us this verse. Therefore, don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. 
But understand what the Lord's will is. And Eric pointed out that the word understand here means, so important, face up. And you need to face up. You're in a place where you need to face up to what the Lord's will is in your life. What the Lord's will is for you. You need to make that change. And it's not going to be, it's going to be ugly, it's going to be hard, it's going to be, but you need to do it. You need to do that. Maybe you're, you're, you're at the beginning of the year ago, right? But you're, that's your today, right? You know, you can see like two or three guardrails ago, like things weren't going good and please don't put up another one of those because I probably broke that one too. Maybe, maybe that's where you are, right? You're in this place where you're, you're on the, you're, it's starting, right? And here's what I'll bet. Here's what I'll bet. A year from now, a year from now, things are going to be much worse for you. And, and, you know, you, you will have all of the lying, all of the, you know, cheating on stuff and, and trying to rescue your reputation and doing all these things to, to try and cover because you know right now that it was, that what you're headed for is wrong. And that it's it could go bad, but you're rolling the dice. You know, we all like to roll the dice. I'm not sure what that is, but we do. And and I'm bet a year from now, this this you're going to be in this huge mess. So let's play a game, okay? Let's pretend today is a year from now, okay? So you now you're here. And you've got this huge mess, and you've you've fought through all this stuff. I mean, you have post-traumatic stress when somebody when the phone rings. You're just like, oh no, who's it going to be? I mean, you're dealing with all this all this stuff, all the heartache, and and you begin pleading with God, saying, Lord, if I could just go back a year from now, I would change it. I would go through whatever it took to get out of this situation. If I could just, Lord, if you could just take me back to a year from now. And let's just say that God, that God answered your prayer. And boom, here we are. Here we are. We're all here. It's, it's a year from then. And you have this opportunity to take the steps necessary to prevent, your, for, to prevent your, you from careening your life off a cliff. From being in a position where you have to you have to work so hard to try and make everything work. You're crying yourself. You don't have to go through any of that. God has brought you back. Today's your day. Right? This is your second chance. This is your second chance. And I, I just want to challenge you because this is the truth. No one ever regrets a guardrail. No one. And you will, it may be complicated, it, it's just not as complicated as it will be. Think about it, you know, you thought sex would solve it, but sex complicated it. You thought things could be better if you just, and it made it worse. You thought you could, you know, get this person involved in this, and that would try and make this thing work, and it didn't. It doesn't. What works is a guardrail. What works is a guardrail. So this is my challenge for you this week. Okay, is that you will you will take this opportunity that you this is your second chance 
This is your opportunity to put some guardrails in your life, in your friendships that will help you, keep you from careening your life off a cliff, from putting yourself in the danger zone. Because the guardrail is there because everybody knows that that is too far. You've gone too far. So create a personal standard of behavior that will become a matter of conscience. Are you guys in? Amen. So while I was talking, faces were going, lighting, you know, coming up in your mind, right? That's your area. Situations, while I was talking, were coming up. That's, that's the one, right? God is a good, good father. And he's bringing those things to your mind because that's your opportunity. That's your opportunity for change. That's your opportunity to put in a guardrail so that you can live the best life possible. Jesus said, I came that you would have life and have it to the full. You have some responsibility in making sure that you choose that, that you choose Christ, that you choose to put him in your life, that you choose guardrails that keep you from places where everybody knows you can go too far. You will have gone too far. And and the bait is out there because culture is baiting you. And you need to resist the bait and put in some guardrails. I just want to take a minute, maybe... Maybe you're here and you've, you don't know what I'm talking about when I say, you know, Jesus came that I would have life and have it to the full. And you're not sure about that part of it because the truth of this, this message is it's true for anyone, Christian or not a Christian. But if you're here and you're, you're considering, you're thinking about the concept of wanting to get involved in this, this thing that I'm talking about that we're, that many of us here are involved in, in, um, engaging in a relationship that's what we call it it's a relationship between us and god and we do that through christ through jesus christ and what he did for us he died on the cross he took our penalty because all of us have stuff all of us have stuff that we need to do something with all of us have our mistakes and what jesus did is he takes care of that he handles that peace for us so that we can come cleanly so all the guardrails you didn't have, all the mistakes you didn't, you made that, that you don't know what to do with, this process is really engaging in the relationship with God, being able to give all of that stuff basically to Him. And He forgives you, and you can live clean. You can start fresh today. This is your chance. And if you'll close your eyes and bow your heads just for privacy, um, if you're here today, and you want that. You want to live the best life possible. I want to encourage you that that wisdom, that peace, that comes from God. And God wrote the book on you. He, he designed you for a purpose. And your design reveals your destiny. And you cannot live what you're designed for disconnected. You can't, you can't, that, you can't live that disconnected from life or di- and especially disconnected from Him. You can't. So I want to give you an opportunity. If you would like to engage in that relationship, if you would like to start that today, and, and you want to accept 
That's what we, we call it. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, which basically means you want to start that relationship with Him. If you just raise your hand, and we can pray. Fantastic. Anyone else? Awesome. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So let me lead you in a in a, what we, a prayer, right? You're, most Everybody's pretty much familiar with prayer, but just in case. Prayer is simply we're going to just talk to God, right? We're, we're going we're gonna to start the whole thing. So if you'll just repeat what I say, but not just repeat it, but in, from your heart, say these words and communicate with God because he's right here, right now, all the time. And he's listening and he's been waiting for you. He's been waiting for you to make this choice. He's ready. God is not mad at you. He's excited that you would want to start a relationship with him because he loves you. He's a good, good father. Everything a father should be, he is. So let's pray. Pray this prayer. Everybody can pray. Let's all pray together for for those. Father God, I want to start this relationship with you right now. I'm asking you to come into my life. Lord, be my guide. Lead me. Be my CEO. The CEO of my life. And empower me, God, to live a life. That life that you promised the best life possible and Lord I've made a lot of mistakes and I ask that you would forgive me for all the things that I have done that I shouldn't have in Jesus name we pray I pray Amen 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 Amen. right on praise the Lord I'm so excited and I'm so happy that, you, that we have people who, who want to begin that relationship. Out front, I don't have them here, but out on the table, we have a Bible for you. So if you don't have a Bible, grab one out there. We also have a book called Ten Steps to Christ. Um, it basically says, what now? It's kind of the, what do I do now? I just prayed this prayer and I invited God in my life. It's kind of scary. So that book is out there for you to make it more understandable what you've just done and what you've just begun. I, but I am thrilled. I, I, I worked on this thing all week, what I communicated to you today. And I prayed and prayed and prayed. My prayer was that, that you would be impacted in a way where you would choose to make a difference in your life so that you can live that. We're a little bit over because Eric's not here to wave at me. I'm just going to blame everything on Eric. But we're going to take a moment to receive our offering. Um, and what we do, we have some buckets and we pass them. And if, if the Grove is your church and you want to you want to invest here so that we can continue to do what we're doing, feel free to give. If you're new here, don't worry about it. There's no need. Um, we want something for you. That's why we're doing all of this, is we want something for you, not something from you. So let me just pray real quick. 
We'll pass the buckets and then we'll go. Lord, just bless this offering. And Lord, bless these people. God, I pray that you would touch their lives. And Lord, that you would, every time they saw a guardrail this week while they're driving, just like make it shimmer. Do something, God, that it triggers in their head. Oh, yeah, I need to put some guardrails in my life so that I can live the best life possible. God, do that in us and through us. In your holy name we pray. Amen.